This is the Two Touch Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Douglas, and as always, I'm joined by Tim Bones Bouts. Today, we're highlighting the big news from the final week of Champions League group stage, chatting Real Madrid's survival, Weston McKennie's wonder goal for Juventus, and RB Leipzig's dominance of Manchester United. From there, we roll into the major headline of the week, Paul Pogba's agent, Mino Raiola, telling Italian media that Pogba is finished with Manchester United. We discuss whether or not Pogba should move on, and if so, where to next. Finally, we preview Premier League Match Week 12 and give our predictions. This is Episode 7. Let's get started. Hey, Bones. How's it going? Trev, it's always great to hear your voice. Oh. Uh, it's been a good week. You know, it, it's it's an interesting time where matches are coming fast and heavy, but I like it. It's better than having to wait months for you know international breaks and, and Champions League matches. Yeah, this year is kind of crazy, right? Because they're cramming everything in in such a short window. So it's just every day there's some sort of match on. Can't complain. No, not at all. Okay, so thanks for joining us. We got a lot to cover today, so we're going to get right into it. We're going to start with Champions League. It was a big week. It was the last week of the group stage. So quite a few things that we need to highlight here. Before we jump into the games that we highlighted on the last episode, the what to watch for, I have a few random notes, things that are uh, worth talking about. So first to start, something pretty big happened in the, the PSG Basakashir, I think that's how you say it, match. 14 minutes into the match that started on Tuesday, the match was suspended. Why was it suspended? Not due to weather or anything. That would be much better. But an unfortunate event happened on the sidelines between a assistant manager of the Basakashir team and the fourth official. There was an accusation of a racial remark directed towards the Basakashir assistant manager. Demba Ba, striker for Basakashir, he heard the remark that the fourth official made, called him out, and as a result, players from both teams actually decided to walk off the pitch in protest of the match, demanding that the fourth official would be removed from the match before they start again. When the dust settled, they decided to suspend the match for a day and resume it on Wednesday, which they did complete. There's not much to say about it, and to be completely honest, I don't know all the details. I know the accusation, and all I can say is that if it's true, it's just fucking disgusting, and this racism, the fact that it's coming from an official too, which I think is sort of new territory, it's just it's unacceptable, unacceptable and not part of this game, so... It was cool to see how the two teams stood together, made the decision to walk off the pitch together. Neymar and Mbappe were obviously the, the big names and they were in full support of the Basakashir team. Unfortunately, it happened and, and um, you know, the world just needs to get better. So heavy, heavy start to it. In lighter news, we focus on the Manchester City match. Big news for American fans, Zach Steffen, the American keeper that is the backup for Manchester City, he got the start. 
and he got a clean sheet. That's pretty big news. Let's put it into perspective. He only had to make two saves, but hey, a clean sheet is a clean sheet, so we can be excited for him. Those are the notes related to matches that were not part of the what to watch for. So we're going to shift shift gears now, start off with the Barcelona versus Juventus match. Bones, what do you, what do you got to say about this one? So Juve took this 3-0. It was kind of a, what we've come to see from Barcelona, that type of match. There wasn't much going forward. Messi did not look good. Didn't look like there was much cohesion, particularly in the back. It's almost like they're still in kind of a slump from the, the 8-2 drubbing by, by Bayern last Champions League season. Regardless. <laughs> oh, man, we need to start setting over-unders on time it takes for you to mention something related to Bayern Munich or Germany. Well, whoever's taking the over is just an idiot because I'm always going to go the under on that. Regardless, a, a little bit more men's national team news. Wes McKinney scored an absolute banger, almost Laton-esque. It was incredible. It's great to see him high-flying. It's great to see him really integrating within a squad with a lot of weapons. And as we've talked about before, we didn't think that he was going to get this much time under Pirlo. It's been great for his development, particularly learning from someone uh, of a player of his caliber. So it's been great. The other thing that's worth noting, Ronaldo scored two PKs. And interestingly, they were the first two goals he's ever scored against Barcelona in the Champions League, which I just found to be shocking. I didn't Regardless, know a pretty decisive win. Next, Salzburg versus Atletico. And we've been heralding both squads. Atletico won 2-0, or 2-0, excuse me. But I think the real team to talk about here is Salzburg. They showed a lot of promise going forward, not necessarily in the, the final ball or the final, uh, final attempt on goal. But they were deadly moving forward and had a lot, created a lot, created a lot of chances. So, with this loss, Salzburg's knocked down to the Europa League. I mean, as we were saying, Salzburg was arguably, arguably the better team. They had more possession, more shots, eighteen versus seven, but only two shots versus four shots on goal. Not great stats. Salzburg actually had a few complete screw-ups in the box that should have been easy goals, but, you know, yeah, they're, they're a young, inexperienced team at that level. You never know what kind of jitters they're going to get. Regardless, awesome, awesome display. Trev is actually going to put a little money on them to make a push in Europa League, yeah, as you that, just told me. Hot yeah, take. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm interested in seeing what their odds are. I would assume they're long, and what's going to be interesting to see is – do they go down the same road that they did last year where they, they sold a few of their stars in the January window? Because obviously they did it last year. When you get rid of someone like Holland, then, you know, you're not the same team. But, yeah. you know, if they if they can, they manage to keep some of their players in January, their, their stars, then I will most likely look to put a little money on them. I believe in Jesse Marsh and what he's got going on there. Yeah, and the last thing I'll mention about this match or actually, last thing I'll mention about Salzburg. So last night, the U.S. men's national team absolutely drubbed El Salvador 6 nothing. Brennan Aronson, a young guy out of 
the Philadelphia Union, is on his way to Salzburg in January. And he looked good last night, was very lively going forward. I'm really interested to see how he slots right into Jesse March's lineup, see if he can actually make an impact. I think that's a perfect perfect setup for him, perfect opportunity, and I think it's only good news for the U.S. men's national team. Moving on, Ajax versus Atalanta. It, I think it's going to get my snoozer of the week classification. It was pretty brutal. Atalanta won 1-0. The biggest thing here is Ajax drops to Europa League and have kind of gone out of Champions League in pretty epic fashion three years in a row. It's tough for them. Hopefully, they'll be able to rebuild. They've got a lot of talent. We'll see what happens. Atalanta still iffy going going forward in uh, into the round of sixteen. I don't think they're really going to make a push, but yeah, you know, good for them at least. Yeah, it's a cool story from a tiny tiny town in Italy. With that, Trev, I kick it to you. So, yep, two two matches left on our what to watch for list. Uh, the next one will be Madrid versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. Going to this match. Madrid needed a win. Borussia Mönchengladbach pretty much had it locked up, but there were some weird scenarios where they could they could get knocked out. Madrid had to win. We were kind of hoping to see them in Europa League for the first time in club history. That would be hilarious. Unfortunately, Madrid won 2-0. So our dreams are smashed. Benzema, the old reliable goal scorer, just extraordinaire, but also... Keep in mind, he's a human piece of shit. Still a scumbag. Still a huge scumbag. He scored two beautiful textbook headers to push Madrid on. It actually looked a little little dicey for Borussia Mönchengladbach, but they managed to also move on because the other match within that group, Inter versus Shakhtar, they ended up drawing. So Gladback moves on, Munch and Gladback. I don't know if you can call him Gladback for short, but they should be. Yeah, able to. we we do. Okay. And also we uh this is where we put our hands up and say, All right, we may have jumped the gun and danced on Zidane's grave a little bit too early. I think they they're they're okay right now. It's almost like Zidane was listening to Two Touch. I, I wouldn't blame him, but we were on to something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So last match to discuss. Um, this one's tough for me. It's, uh, it's, it's a little too close to home. We got Leipzig, RB Leipzig versus Manchester United. Manchester United, much like the last match, only needed a draw. <laughs> Leipzig, needed, Leipzig needed a win. And Leipzig got the job done. They won 3-2. Sounds like a close match, right? No, it wasn't. Leipzig came out flying, and they scored two goals within the first, I think, 15 minutes. They were mirrored goals, meaning it was a bring the ball down, cross it over, wing back on the opposite side, came sneaking in, uncovered, tapped the ball home. I mean, they were beautiful goals, horrible defense. No one knew their assignments. It was ugly. And, yeah, it was just very frustrating. I mean, 15 minutes in, you're down 2-0 to a very good team. So, you know, United managed to pull the United and get back into it. Second half, they were lively, looked like the better team. They scored a PK, which was a legitimate PK. The I can't think of the name. 
the central defender for Leipzig kind of bulldozed Greenwood in the box. Bruno converts the PK, and then shortly after that, Pogba scores off a off of a I think it was a corner kick. So there was hope, but then Leipzig put it away with a goal that really should have been a an easy De Gea save. He almost looked like he was scared of the ball and dodged out of the way. Leipzig scores three two. Hold on, it was ugly. It was a pathetic showing by Manchester United. Leipzig was by far the better team and deserved to move on. United deserves to be in Europa League as as much as I hate to say it. So it's interesting. United was kind of flying high after last weekend. I think they had a pretty clear plan going into this week with Leipzig. And I actually think that plan got kind of blown up. And what I mean by that is what's going to lead into our next conversation. Our next conversation is going to be centered around Paul Pogba and his super agent, Mino Raiola. But before we get into it, I'd like to ask you all just to help us out. If you're listening still, please give us a subscribe. If you're listening on Apple, just give us a five-star rating. If you actually think it's worth five stars, maybe be a little lenient on us. If you're on Spotify, (laughs) yeah, please, please round up. A couple, you know, if like if you're thinking around three, just round up. It's it'd be great. And then on Spotify, just give us a follow. It'd be great for us. It helps us out a lot. We're we're working very hard on this podcast. We're hopefully delivering some unique content, uh, fresh voice on soccer. So if you enjoy it, please, that's the best thing you can do to support us. And before we get into a very intense well, probably not that intense, but serious conversation about Paul Pogba. We once again have a trivia question. All right. Here it is. Who won the inaugural Premier League season in 1992-93? If you know the answer, or if you think you know the answer, stay tuned till the end of the episode. We'll reveal it. My question is Bones. Do you think you know what this is? I don't know if it's right. I do have a, a guess. So we're going to give it a shot. All right, cool. Hold on to it. We're rolling into the next question, the next topic, the big one. Paul Pogba, does he need to leave Manchester United? Before we get into it, let me give a little context. I, I hinted towards it in the earlier segment. So last weekend, Manchester United played West Ham and won in a dramatic come from behind fashion where they were down one nil and then of all people it was his first start in a long time paul pogba scores an absolute banger of a goal it was vintage pogba at juventus good 20 25 yards outside the box just bends it in the top right it was absolutely beautiful flying high united all the momentum changed people were happy hugging everyone's great we're on cloud nine Now the focus needs to shift to RB Leipzig on Tuesday. Well, before we get to that, on Monday, out of the rafters drops down Paul Pogba's super agent. I call him a super agent because of the clients he has, Mino Raiola. To put it in perspective, he has Pogba, Zlatan. Who else? He's got Verratti, 
the guy you might have heard of, Holland, on his books. So big time, big time agent in the soccer world. Also known as a scumbag. He's also a scumbag. Comes out of nowhere and speaks to the Italian media and says, Paul Pogba is done at Manchester United. He's finished, which was kind of a kick in the nuts for us Manchester United fans. So although it shouldn't have been too much of a surprise, a little bit more context. This isn't the first time he's done this. Pogba's had a little bit of a love-hate relationship at Manchester United. Shortly after he arrived, he was not happy because of the quality of players around him, so he was complaining about that. He wasn't directly. He was using he used the uh, his agent, Mino, as a mouthpiece. So for a long time, you could kind of get it. Manchester United was really bad, didn't have quality players around Pogba. Pogba was a superstar with some mediocre players around him. I get it. But then we get better players, and Rashford develops into a fantastic player, and we get someone like Bruno Fernandes, who's a top three midfielder in the Premier League. Uh, he might be a top midfielder, top 10 midfielder in the world at this point based on how he's playing. And still, these complaints come out of nowhere from Mino Raiola. And it's really disappointing because I think most United fans want Pogba to work. He's a special talent. And, you know, the idea of him and Bruno working in the midfield is just, you know, your imagination can go wild with that. It could be one of the best midfields there is, but it just hasn't seemed to work. And when things, when most of the reports for the most of the season so far have been all positive, that Pogba's loving life, and he's happier now, and he's, he likes being around his teammates, and he likes Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you just didn't think this was going to happen again. But that is just a mistake by anyone who's thinking optimistically about Pogba's time at Manchester United. So, with that said, as of now, Mino Raiola says Pogba's done at Manchester United. So the question is, is Pogba done with Manchester United? Bones, what do you got for me? So, I want to start with Mino Raiola is a blowhard that loves to hear himself speak and loves to see himself in print. I don't know how much weight should be put behind this. I do think that Pogba needs to leave. And I think it's best for him and for United. I think that United has been engulfed in this cloud of poor feeling, you know, bad juju hanging over their train ground. And it was a combination of both Mourinho and Pogba kind of squabbling and then Ole coming in and kind of shaking things up a little bit and Pogba not being happy. There's always these headlines, and in order for United to get back to a place where they're competitive on a world stage and there's some sort of cohesiveness, to use that word again on the show, or just stability, they need to just get rid of all of the pre-Badanas and the, the people that are constantly in, in the media just talking about themselves. You yeah. still got the talent. He can still do it, but he's not showing it on a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah, exactly. He's not consistent at all. We see it as, since he's been at United, we see it like once every 10 matches, which is just when you pay a record fee and he has the reputation he has, that's not acceptable. He is, he's got world-class talent, but he's not a world-class player because he hasn't done it consistently. I believe that it's probably the environment. Yeah. I think, and I don't think that's specific to Manchester United before. I'm not just trying to shit on my club. It's, you hear it, this happens. 
players, top level players that are proven in other places, they go to new clubs and it doesn't work for some reason. They leave to another club and then it starts working again. So yeah. there's something to it. It's frustrating because you just want it to work, but we can't kid ourselves anymore. As United fans, you Pogba's not going to fit in at Manchester United. And even no. if he does, I think there's something to say about having ties to Mino Raiola that's just toxic. It's not good for your club. Let me put it this way. Sir Alex Ferguson made a point to single out Mino Raiola and say, I don't want to work with him. He just can't be part of this club. Meaning we don't want to sign players that he's in control of. What happens is Sir Alex Ferguson retires. Ed Woodward has more control than he would previously because the new manager doesn't have as much clout as, as Sir Alex Ferguson and he immediately gives the keys to Mino. He, he reaches out to Mino and says, hey, listen, we like some of the players that you got on in your Rolodex. How about you and I start working together? He basically gave the keys to the devil. He let him into the club. And in a short term, that looked fantastic. That looked smart. It looked like Woodward knew what he was doing when it came to transfers because he brings in Zlatan. He brings in a very good Mkhitaryan from Dortmund. He brings in... Paul Pogba. He brings him back to United. In case anyone didn't know this, but Pogba came up through the academy of Manchester United. Manchester United let him go. Specifically, Sir Alex Ferguson said, Pogba is not a United player. Let him go. Let him go for free, we should add. Let him go. Goes to Juventus. Becomes a world-class player. Or projecting to be one. And then United buys him back for a record deal, which is not smart business. But what now what we're seeing is that, you know, Zlatan's gone. He was very much a short-term thing. Mkhitaryan didn't work out, and I think that's probably on Mourinho. Well, actually, he's kind of dropped off. He didn't do much at Arsenal either. So And he's been mediocre for Roma. Exactly. So that was just a poor signing now. And then now we have Pogba, and we're dealing with Mino. Every once, every six months, he comes out saying how shitty Manchester United is, and he wants Pogba to move on. So... It's just, it's such toxic. It, like, Sir Alex Ferguson was smart enough to say, no, this isn't even worth it. And I agree with yeah. him. I think number one thing we need to do is get rid of Paul Pogba and then also get rid of any, like don't even touch anyone that Mino Raiola is working with. For a while, Jesse Lingard actually signed him as an um, agent this past year. And he's already since gotten rid of him. But the second that happened, I was like, all right. I mean, I don't think highly of Lingard anymore anyways, but... We have to get rid of him. Like, we can't just have ties to Mino. Yeah, I will say, though, I think it's, you know, it, it, it kind of goes across his clients to a certain extent. But you think about Zlatan's time at United, and he was a model Red Devil. Every, it, he was a fan favorite. He was producing. Everybody loved him. Yep. So I, I think it's the, the issue of it was kind of a, a situation of unrest. Pogba wasn't performing. He was kind of getting into it with Mourinho and then Ole. And I think he's... He didn't get into it with Ole, though. That's the only thing that you have wrong there, is that he definitely got into it with Mourinho, 100%. I don't blame him for wanting to leave because of Mourinho, but Ole, he's been very happy with him. Regardless, I think that it would have been a really nice story, him being an academy guy, and the video of him going back to Manchester United's headquarters to sign his contract. He looked happy. He was saying hi to all, all the people that he knew at the club, who he remembered from his time in the academy. Yep. It was 
really cool. And when they signed Lukaku, he was super pumped. He was like, you know, it's going to be back on, on the map. And it, it just hasn't worked out the way that anybody expected. They haven't performed. You know, there was that one year where Mourinho got them second, but even that, it was kind of like, wow, that yeah, I think, not a second place I team. I think Mourinho, like, that was a fourth or fifth place team and Mourinho dragged him to a second place finish. I think yeah. Mourinho deserves credit for that and he doesn't get it. Yeah. And I think that they just need to cut ties. I don't think Woodward has the backbone to just say, you know, this isn't working out. I think Pog was going to have to force the issue. I think he needs to go back to a place where there isn't as much focus scrutiny. And maybe this is just the naive American, but you know, I hear much more about any player in the Premier League or in England in the media than I do about players at Juventus. And maybe that was a good thing for Pogba. He was playing incredibly well. He had free reign to just patrol the the midfield. Yep. And yeah, and he was surrounded by unhappy. other people. He was surrounded by other. He didn't have to be the superstar. But that's the thing. He wants to be the superstar. He wanted to be the guy at Manchester United. And now that's the rumors that are coming out is that he wants to be the Bruno Fernandez. The problem is, is Bruno's better than him. And so that's why there's unrest now. It's just, yeah, he needs to move on. And, and to a point you were saying earlier, you know, Zlatan's experience at Manchester United, despite being tied to Raiola, was, was cordial. It was good. I think United fans all around love Zlatan. He, it's hard he was, not to love Zlatan. Exactly. Because of that, it says more about Pogba. Pogba isn't saying these things, but he's having Mino say. It's so obvious that at this point, because Mino only does it for certain clients. Mm-hmm. But it's really just Pogba at this point. And it's been Pogba's brother. It's been Mino. They've been talking about Manchester United publicly. And it's just, it's causing a talk. To- first of all, I mean, like, have a backbone. If you have an issue, say it yourself. Like, that's that's the sad part. Like, I've defended Pogba in the past. and been like, no, it's just this crazy agent. Like, sometimes you can't control him. But, like, it's so obvious now that Pogba is giving him the thumbs up because he doesn't do it for any of his other clients. So Pogba needs to go. He's not a Manchester United player. I, that's harsh, but when you look at the characters in the past, I mean, all the retired Manchester United players are like, this guy's a joke. Get him out of here. Like, he yeah. doesn't have the attitude. You look at Bruno on the pitch, and I hate to keep comparing it to him, but that's what he wants to be, and that's what we we expected the Bruno element to come out of Pogba where he's really producing but also the leader Bruno's the clear best leader on the pitch every single yeah. match he he just he doesn't have I don't think he has the mental fortitude to put up with the rigors of being constantly under the spotlight and being that guy and, and picking himself up he's not to the point of a head case like Balotelli but he doesn't have the mental strength or the discipline yeah he that you really need he pouts. He's he's got a little bit of Martial in him. It's a little bit. Yeah, Martial no, is the I king. couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And the, the final point I'll say is I'm so adamant that United were not this club that is bulletproof anymore. Like we're we're kind of a joke compared to the other big clubs in in the league right now. Yeah. It's, it sucks. And yeah. we need to be smart about these decisions and get good characters into the club and make sure that we're we have an identity and it's not a loss and we just Woodward fucked it up for a little bit and we need to get back on track. And I think that starts with obviously getting rid of Pogba, but I think we avoid any player 
that's attached to Mino Raiola. And I will go as far to say, as much as we've wanted him in the past and been tied with him, I don't want Holland at Manchester United anymore. It sounds crazy, but I, I just don't want that because you know what's going to happen? If we get him, we're going to pay an arm and a leg for him. He's probably going to be great for us, but in three years, he's going to want to go to Real Madrid. And yeah. I don't want to be a, a stepping stone for players. Like Manchester United used to be the final destination for superstars. So why would we put up with that? There's tons of good players out there. There's better ways to spend money. And if we can avoid dealing with Mino Raiola, then like let's do it. He keeps popping up in the media. And he, the fact that he did it right before the biggest game of the season. Yeah. It's, it's just... I could go on forever. So we've established Pogba needs to move on. I think it's best for both Pogba and Manchester United. So it brings up the next question. Where does he go next? I think there's only two options. I think it's Juventus or Real Madrid. I think based on what what appears to be Pirlo's vision for the team, I think he's going to let Ronaldo go after this year. He loved playing next to to Pogba at Juventus. I think he tries to bring him back. Yeah, I agree. I think that makes sense. The The things that are in question there is that, I don't know if these reports are true, but there were some reports that Pogba wants a 15 million euro salary. That would put him as the, I think, the second highest paid player on Juventus behind Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. The problem with Ronaldo is I don't think they can just move him. His wages are uh, almost 30 million a year. I think it's like 28 million euros, which is, I think, the most of any player in the world. So there's not, teams can't just absorb that. So I don't know. I think it'd be. I don't know. I think Ed Woodward's up to the test. Oh, God. Don't, don't do that to me. Yeah. So, I mean, you think uh, it maybe would be a swap? Maybe. I, I mean, obviously, the wage issues or the, the wage bills present issues. However, I think, you know, doing a straight swap would allow for United to soak up the last couple of years of Ronaldo's career, a career where he's producing at a higher level than than Pogba. And what's the difference between paying a hundred million or sixty million in a transfer fee for for Ronaldo? Most of that going into Raiola's pocket, and then partially yeah. to to Juventus, and then still having to pay him fifteen million wages or something like that. Might as well just do a straight swap, rid yourself of of Pogba and Mino Raiola, and get one of the best players, if not the best player to ever live. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know how the numbers work out. I would love to see Ronaldo back at Manchester United. I don't know how he quite fits, but I mean, he's still a top three player in the world mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions there it's not perfect but it's it's, it's interesting and i think that uh for juventus to pull it off they have to inv- involve a player because this doesn't sound like they have the financials and they actually don't play their pay their players a lot compared to other you know you put juventus as in like the top tier clubs in history and Outside of Ronaldo, everything everyone else is getting less than ten million a year, which is I mean, yeah. Syria just doesn't have the money. Yeah. So that's one option. You mentioned also Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just it's tough because I feel like their midfield is a bit clogged and I, I don't know what they would do to untangle that. I, I mean, 
he would obviously slot into that Tony Cruz type role. I don't know that they would want to see Cruz leave just I think, yet. I think they, I mean, honestly, Madrid has is relying all on 30 plus year olds to yeah. carry this team right now. So I, you know, at some point, yeah. and also we saw the way they let Ronaldo walk. Like there was no parade. There was no party. Well, there was dude, no, don't, don't even start talking about Ronaldo. Think about Iker Casillas. Yeah. They, yeah. Fair. Well, the man had been at the club for 25 years and they shipped him off for. Yeah. So we shouldn't put it past them to just be like, all right, Tony, get out of here. So the one report I saw this week, again, I mentioned it, I mentioned part of it is that Pogba wants $15 million a year, which is, I think, about what he's getting paid right now from United. Mm-hmm. So Zidane is interested in him. But the report, which I don't really understand, is that Madrid's not worried about the fee for Pogba. So I don't know what that means because I don't know what that fee would be. But they're worried about the wages, which also kind of surprised me because of the people that they need to move out, their highest paid players are all probably 32 years and older. Yeah. And a lot of them are in that midfield that they'd be moving on. So I feel like they would be able to clear space. I mean, it doesn't, I've, I've, it seems like Madrid could pull it off. I think that's probably his most likely destination, but I don't know. I think one other team that I'd throw in there is PSG, but yeah. that, that obviously, I mean, it makes sense. He's French. It's the capital. Um, you know, they tend to, dish out for the big name players but i th- i think if, if some things ha- would have to happen for that to work out i mean they're paying mbappe and neymar just incredible and that's also that's also assuming there is a massive report just a couple of weeks ago or last week that neymar is lobbying the saudis to pay for or to pay messi to to come to psg because he loved playing with Messi at Barcelona. So if that happens, there's no way that they'd be able to afford Pogba. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that yeah, I don't know how that would work. So maybe PSG is a little bit more of a long shot. They probably have to do some more shady shit to pull it off. I right now I rank it as the problem for me as a United fan, like Juventus could be the most realistic, but it has to involve a player swap. And I don't know who that player would be because so United's needs right now are a right wing. So someone that could maybe fit that role is Dybala, but he's not really a right winger. He wants to drift in to be like kind of a, a second striker or number 10. Plus he doesn't even want to come to United. So why would we want him? He's like made that clear. And then we need a central, uh, we need a defensive midfielder, which I really don't know who fits that mold on that team right now. Cause they usually play at least two deep lying. Yeah. I mean, it, it, right now they're kind of makeshifting Arthur and Wes McKinney. Yep. And, and what's his name? Rabio. Yeah. But he's been kind of switching on and off with the two of those. Right. Or to the two of them. Yeah. So you'd think that that's one of the people that they, they would want to ship back in the other way. Yeah, I, I, I was honestly going, going to mention Rabio as an option. I mean, he was very good for PSG, obviously had that fight with, right. with Deschamps for the French national team. He's now back into the setup. He's been okay for Juventus, but there's no clear 
roles and responsibilities in that team right now. And that's why they've kind of been up and down in both Serie A and Champions League. Yep. I think they could easily let him go, and I think it's a good player for, for United to have. I just don't know if that's what they're looking for. So yeah. He's not a true defensive mid- midfielder. Right. That'd be interesting. So because the player swap doesn't really make sense to me there, I, I think Madrid's the most realistic uh, option, and hopefully it happens. We'll wrap it up here with that conversation. The summary is that I think Bones and I are both on the same page. Pogba needs to move on. It's going to be best for both Manchester United and Paul Pogba. Manchester United can stop stressing and screwing up whatever identity they're trying to form by fitting him into the lineup. They don't have to worry about that anymore. There's no pressure of it. And then Paul Pogba can go on and try to fit into a team that will know how to utilize him and return him to his world-class status. We've highlighted some teams. I mean, realistically, it's just going to be between Juventus, Madrid, and then maybe PSG is a dark horse for that. And then United, who knows what their midfield future is. I, Bruno is world-class. Donny's proven to be productive. There's still a lot of question marks, though, with that team. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it's doubtful Pogba gets moved in January. Big names like that don't get moved in January. There's just It's too difficult. There's too many moving parts. It'd be a miracle. Maybe it happens. If not, let's look for the summer, hopefully. Okay, so before we wrap it up here, we really need to get into our Premier League Match Week 12 predictions. Last week was pretty good for both of us, but I have to give credit to Bones. He got a leg up on another two of them. So in total, Bones has an advantage of six over me. Uh, let me look up the actual record. Give me two seconds. It's not insurmountable, but it feels good to hear you hear you say that. Credit where credit's due, but I'm not worried about it. It's a long season. So all-time record, Bones is... 17 and 13 and I'm 11 and 18. Yikes. Okay. So let's get into match week 12 Friday match. Actually a good Friday match. We got Leeds versus West Ham bones. Since you're kicking my ass, I'll let you get to make all the first predictions just cause I'm nice. Thanks man. This is a tough one. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I think Leeds is going to take it, although I'm really torn between a win and a draw. I yeah. think I got to go Le- Leeds wins. Yeah, I, I'm i split on draw or win, but I'm going Leeds as well. They just had such a tough run that we might think less of them than they really – like. They're I think they're a good team. But yeah, this is like the first well. time where we'll be able to truly measure them because – you know, they just went through a tough stretch. So we'll see. All right. We'll hope we're not wrong because that would be pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then I'm off the Leeds bandwagon as far as picking <laughs> for picks because they've been uh, screwing me up. Anyways, mm-hmm. moving on to Saturday. First match of the day, we got Wolves versus Aston Villa. Bones, what you got? I'm going draw. I think that the weak layover for Villa also still missing Ross Barkley, I believe kind of outweighs the fact that Wolves are still looking for somebody to put the ball on the goal. So I think they go draw. I'm going to go with Villa Wolves were struggling to score goals beforehand. They were averaging a goal a game with Raul Jimenez. 
they lost him due to the the fractured skull, and so I just don't I don't see how this is going to work out for them. And Aston Villa is good enough even without Ross Barkley to score some goals. So expect some Jack Realist magic, and I'm going with Villa. Also, news on this is that, as mentioned, Jimenez is actually out of the hospital, and I saw pictures today that he visited the training ground. So he's he's oh, nice. He's doing well. He's out of the hospital. I don't think there's a timetable for his return. It's probably going to be a very long time. Mm-hmm. All right, next match. We got Newcastle versus West Brom. I think Newcastle takes this, although it, it, it has potential to be the snoozer of the week. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm going Newcastle here. I think they could be playing. They could be a much better team, but they have Steve Bruce managing them. But I think you know the difference for me is that they actually have some quality sprinkled in that that lineup. And Callum Wilson is is a true. He's a decent striker. So I, I expect Newcastle to win, especially at home. The real question for this is: Will Joe Linton score? Uh, well, I think. Good money would say no. Okay. Biggest match of the weekend. Manchester United versus Manchester City. I have a feeling I know what you're going to do, Bones, but let's see. Well, I know what you're going to do, but you're going to do, bud. So I will go City. Oh, you one, because I think they'll actually take the win. And two, because I want to maybe make a friendly little wager with you. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, let me get my pick in. I'm going United. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going United. Uh, what, what, what kind of wager you want to do? You know, I'll, I'll uh, next time we actually can go out to a bar. Whoever loses picks up the the tab on the Guinnesses. Easy enough. Okay. Last match of Saturday, we got Everton versus Chelsea. Going Chelsea. I got Chelsea as well. Um, Everton's turning in the wrong direction and Chelsea hasn't slipped up yet. So it's hard to not pick them. Yep. Sunday matches. There's quite a few. We got Southampton versus Sheffield. I know where Trevor's leaning, but I think I'm going to go Southampton. <laughs> I am too. Uh, the, I mean, South <laughs> Southampton's good. <laughs> Sheffield's got one point. I can't pick Sheffield. <laughs> like this is just such an obvious win. For I, I, well, I mean, I know it hurts you to say that, but you know. I'm not actually a Sheffield fan. I just don't think they should have just one. No, point. but it, they tug on your heartstrings. I, I know just, they do. They're pathetic. Anyways, for all those listeners, there's a single tear running tr- down Trevor's Trevor's cheek. Crystal Palace versus Tottenham. Tottenham's going to take this. Although I like where Palace, w- how Palace was looking last week, I still think. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, yeah, I'm picking. That would Tot- be interesting. I'm picking, I still think this is the ultimate know, Tottenham spot. This is the Tottenham yeah, spot where everyone's flying high, talking shit. Oh, we're first in the league. Oh man. So are you taking Palace? No, I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking because I believe in Tottenham. But if you're going based off of history, which I don't think is fair, because they got Mourinho. Mourinho just, you know, he'll grind this one out, but. If if Tottenham is Tottenham, this is a match they lose. So, but mm-hmm. I'm going Tottenham. I just I'm hope, I hope I'm wrong. Just for <laughs> comic relief. All right, next one we got Fulham versus Liverpool. 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 That's easy. All right, we don't need to spend time on this. Next one, Arsenal Burnley. This you know, one actually of, made me stop and think. For yeah, a I I I was just about to say what's kind of funny is and and sad for Arsenal fans. I stopped thought about this. I was like. Ooh, this could be interesting. 
I'm going to go draw. Okay. Well, I was going to, I was considering that, but I can't now because I need to gain points on you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go Arsenal win. I'm hoping that they're feeling pretty good after dominating in Europa league. Like they've been doing it and I don't know. We'll see. I'm not, I don't have a lot of confidence in that. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal gets back on track. They get a win. All right. Last, last match of the weekend. Lester. This is an interesting one. It is interesting. Because Leicester has Both teams are going to grind it out, though. Yeah. Yep. I I think Leicester hasn't been playing well. They're very lucky with their last result. And Brighton's got that pesky crown, man. They're they're not good. They're pesky. (sighs) You going Leicester? Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to go draw. All right, th- those are those are the last two. I need, I think we pretty much uh, the United match we differed on, and uh, as well as the Wolves Aston Villa match. Yeah. Oh, I could gain four points on you this week, or you could lose four more. No, that's not going to happen. All right. Okay. All right. So that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. Oh, before we go, I almost forget every single time the trivia question. Just a reminder, trivia question is, who won the inaugural Premier League season in 92-93? Bones, got a guess? I'm going Villa. Yeah. Oh, good job. Just kidding. You got it wrong. The answer is Manchester United. Of course it is, because it's the best club ever. Oh, my God. Yep. All right. That was such a leading question. <laughs> no, actually, uh, uh, yeah, well. What a homer. Yeah. I, I have to feel good about something. This has been a tough week. Not that anyone will feel bad for a Manchester United fan, but holy shit, was it a bad week. All right. Like I said, that's going to do it for us. Thanks a lot for listening. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. It, it, it would mean a lot to us. Otherwise, we'll see you on Tuesday. Or, well, we'll talk to you. Or we'll talk to you on Tuesday.